You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal, handsome Aaron Airport, and I seek out and explore the offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of March 26th, 2023, Aaron and I accidentally leak our surprising connection to the Canadian government, and we get weird. We discuss the city of Regina's sexually explicit marketing campaign. We weigh in on the haircut mishap that Premier Ford had while down south. And we try to get to the bottom of an uber mystery. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, you've been a busy boy over the last three days. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, uh, was up in Halifax. I saw uh, you. I saw you. You you shouldn't talk about where you were. Are you going to say Halifax? Yeah, I said Halifax. Yeah. Okay. I'd surprise you. Well, yeah, we were in Halifax. Uh, No, I was just thinking, like, I think (laughs) a lot of people won't be, a lot of people are going to connect the dots. It's been in the news. Joe Biden has been in Ottawa visiting Uh with Trudeau. Uh Of course, they were meeting with a lot of different dignitaries and members of government. Coincidentally, you were away for the weekend and I'm using air quotes, Halifax. I was also away. I was actually away in Cape Breton. So uh, whatever (laughs) went on with us is completely separated from Joe Biden and Trudeau and the government. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Trudeau, you know, has appointed us to Uh, uh, given a there's not enough. There's no announcement yet. Oh, okay. Do you want to announce it? I haven't gotten the okay, but maybe we should. Like, I was kind of thinking we would wait for an official announcement to come down through whatever the proper channels are. But maybe well, there won't even be one, and we should. Just- I don't think there will be because um, outside of this podcast, our division of the Canadian government is secretive. Yeah, it's uh, insiders simply refer to it as like the KCW bureau, obviously standing uh-huh. for Keep Canada Weird. It is a. I think the best way I've heard it described is it. It's it has an arm's length relationship with the intelligence department as well as all the different provincial tourism bureaus are like they they do have i wouldn't say oversight of the kcw bureau but there is some of the same um white hats in the room yeah yeah our our fingers are in all different uh divisions of the canadian government Mm -hmm. Uh, i I like to call us a shadow organization yeah Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we send information, we receive information. We're not officially down on any reports, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're certainly you, we're we're being uh, we're responsible to look into weird Canadian stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you, uh, you won't see the Canadian government as a payee on our uh, our banking when we get our paychecks each week. No. That said, you will possibly if you know the right places to look you may see us on some government airplanes you know being sent out or you may see suspicious packages arrive every vehicle we travel in is unmarked so that's yes. important to know you'll never know it's us until we're gone mm-hmm. to a, to another investigation and another okay. dimension well the listeners are in on it i was going to kind of tease it well i guess they said we we weren't there with trudeau and biden but <laughs> it was definitely a discussion in that room that may have mentioned at least us or other our division well biden sees us as a threat and so his main purpose of his trip uh to meet with trudeau was to discuss the potential threat of keep canada weird and what it means to the american people 
Yeah, we would be lying if we said there wasn't some uh, some groups within government, both American, Canadian, and international, that want to see our division shut down. And I think it's going to be up to our listeners to support us and ensure that Keep Canada Weird has mm -hmm. a place in government as well as in leer in in ears of podcast listeners across the world. Right. Well, as our campaign against Tim Hortons is problematic mm -hmm. to the American government because. Tim Hortons was purchased by an American company. And so now there's uh Wasn't it a Brazilian company? I don't know. I'm not researched on that, to be okay, honest. Let's just say it's American, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to say American. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely uh, American connections to the company. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so let's, let's go with that. Okay. Well, let's get into it here. We have a busy night ahead of us. Uh, we're going to talk about experience Regina it's hard to say it in a voice but there's three X's in the word experience in this case mm -hmm. we're going to talk about Mayor Ford's haircut the Toronto mayor his well a haircut mishap we're going to talk about an uber mystery an American speeder but first we're going to talk about listener voicemails mm -hmm. we have a usually voicemails aren't uh, horrifying or traumatic and don't require a trigger warning hold on a sec to you, they're not. Oftentimes, to me, that's, they they are emotionally true. traumatic. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess this is a different kind of trauma that this listener brings to the table. A bit different than what you were faced with several months ago. Um, you'll see what I mean when I play this. I'm going to give a uh -huh. trigger warning if you have a weak stomach. If you're not okay with like the most brutal horror movies, you may not. You may want to sit this voicemail out. This yeah, plug is plug your ears. This relates to the story we did last week about the uh, old lady who had her genitals and other parts burnt by a Tim Hortons tea. Listen to this. Okay. Hey, Jordan and Aaron. This is Sydney calling from the southern U.S. I'm sending you this message regarding your most recent episode of Keep Canada Weird with the story when you were talking about the woman who got a tea from Tim Hortons and it spilled in her lap. Um, I'm a registered nurse and it's actually pronounced sloughing. So the sloughing of the skin is essentially when layers of your skin are burnt or dead and the skin cells are dead. So they just like shed off of the skin. It's really gross and it smells awful in real life. So when you get like second degree burns and stuff, the skin can't heal because there's been so much damage to the layers of the skin um, that instead of trying to heal and scar, it all just kind of slips off. And it's really gross when you like actually get into it. But yeah, I was just letting you guys know about it from more of a medical profession standpoint. I love the show, and I hope that you guys continue to keep Canada weird. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when we were reading the article that described what that poor old lady went through. One of the words is like sloughing or something. We're like, we both were like, I don't know, whatever that is. Let's move on. Um, now we know in graphic detail what it is. It is basically the melting and pouring off and flaking away of skin to the point that it stinks and is appalling, even to someone who can speak so casually about something so disgusting. 
Yeah, it's, I guess the only word to describe it is gross. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you okay with that voicemail? Like, do you want to hear stuff like that more often? Uh, I'd like a copy of it to send to me and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of listen to it a few more times and then determine what direction we'll take with uh, voicemails that are similar in the future. <laughs> yeah. um, what I like is enough people listen to the show that there is one sicko out there who really enjoyed that. And if that's you, let us know. Send us no, a voicemail. No, actually, about... no. Don't don't open that floodgate. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, maybe don't let us know. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, uh, keep it to yourself. Yeah. No one wants to know that you liked it. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate some uh, professional insight, ha as disturbing as that may be, and as uncomfortable as that may be sometimes. Now I can very uh, clearly picture what happened to that poor lady's skin when the hot tea touched it. Which is all, which is what we all wanted. A much mm -hmm. more clearer picture of, of how her skin yeah. melted off of her body. And smelled, yeah. Um, and, and then it stank. Now we know it <laughs> reeked. So now it's like, okay, I never had... When I was reading that story for the first time, smell was never something that crossed my mind. Like mm -hmm. you envision it, you see the pictures, you think about the pain, you think about the look of it, the disfigurement. You don't often think about the smell of it. And <laughs> now, unfortunately, thanks to a registered nurse in the United <laughs> States, now we have to think about the smell now. <laughs> um, before we get into our, our stories, I just have one other update. Do you, do you remember... It's probably two months ago we talked about the controversial mcdonald's restaurant in downtown ottawa on rideau street home of the brawl inside where buddy pulled out the raccoon and it was captured on video that mcdonald's um had been it had been announced that it's closing down well the final day is i think we're about a week away from it finally shutting down and oddly enough there was a march this week in ottawa not to protest it closing down, but simply to almost like a celebration of life for the McDonald's restaurant on Redo Street in Ottawa. Here's just a little snippet of uh, of what went down outside of the McDonald's in Ottawa. Here's paying their respects to what they say is an Ottawa institution. Other than Parliament Hill, I would say it's our largest landmark. Organizer Keith DeSilvia Legault leads the charge of the Rito McDonald's Farewell March, dressed in the finest Ronald McDonald outfit. Nearly 200 people joining in, bidding adieu to the popular Golden Arches, set to close in April. Every good story deserves a good ending. Ottawa's McDonald's on 99 Rideau Street has been around for nearly 40 years, and it has a rich history, to say the least. For many years, the spot was open 24 hours a day, but in 2019, mounting security concerns led to reduced hours, opening from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And we can't forget about this infamous brawl, captured in this video from 2013. A man pulling a baby raccoon out of his sweater, while others were involved in a fight. That incident, now a running joke in the capital, and a mascot for these McMorners. Well, I'm dressed like this to, you know, celebrate the McDonald's. You know, we're gathering here today, not to protest at closing, but to remember all the good memories. I once had $5 in my bank account, and I went over to the, <laughs> to the McDonald's, and I got a burger in my hand, and then just as I was leaving, a seagull snapped it on my hand. And it was very typical of the Rideau McDonald's. Laura Shantz, loving it. Dressing up for the occasion as the Hamburglar. Honestly, we have the reputation as a city fun for God and just an event organized by young people for fun for the sake of fun. 
you know, for all the bad stuff, like just simply having a spot where you could go and sit down, mind your own business and warm up for a lot of people across the city of all walks of life. And that is something that will be missed. It's nice to see it uh, get its its appropriate send off and all in good fun, it seems. All in good fun. Right. Um, I just want to know, though, I don't know if I'm the only person who feels this way, but is the raccoon incident, right, is epic. We can all agree that that is the defining moment of this particular McDonald's in Ottawa. However, is there anything else that happened there that anyone cares about? <laughs> I don't think that, it's kind of hard to top that incident. Uh, but I think what people care about is just the fact that this is um, for so long has been, and I think we've said this when we covered this originally, this is a McDonald's that has just been plagued by trouble late night. It was like a, it was kind of open all night. So after bars would get out, people would show up here. And there's just like, I, I think everyone from Ottawa has a story about something crazy that happened in or around that McDonald's. So it kind of became a fixture. I know here in Halifax on Spring Garden Road, we have a yeah, McDonald's. That McDonald's that, that, that's a, but again, like if that closed, I don't think, because nobody pulled a raccoon out in that that's McDonald's. The so that's the thing. So that it, that McDonald's has a reputation of being open late night, a lot of intoxicated customers coming in and out throughout the evening. Uh, so it has a reputation of 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 a spot of trouble, but nothing that but ever put again, it over like the tipping nothing point. Nothing that put it over the edge, right? So this mm -hmm. McDonald's was was known in the area in the city as a spot of trouble, open twenty four hours, drunk customers, and I just think like other than the raccoon story, which again is an amazing video, and it's just a perfect piece of Canadian weird history. Mm -hmm. But if that never happened, would anybody would we be care about mm -hmm. not? I mean, people in the, in the general vicinity of the neighborhood of the city arguably would care that this McDonald's is closing. But would this story branch out further than that? That's a good. If question. that never ever happened, if that video didn't capture in that one half of a second uh, that strange individual pulling a baby raccoon out of his jacket during a brawl. I don't think we'd be sitting here uh, talking about this on the government's dime as we are now every story. Perhaps this is a case of the media, the mainstream media, perpetuating a story and getting it in the news. In this case, they're not perpetuating the story because of for any political reason or to change society in any way. I think they just want to air that raccoon clip be it the raccoon being pulled out during the fight at any chance necessary. So yeah. they will cover this McDonald's closing and that has maybe encouraged the people to kind of step it up as well. And that's maybe why we had a march like this. It's all because the mainstream media wants to air that clip more often. Yeah. And, and, and media, you know, news outlets are always looking for anything to talk about. You mm -hmm. know, we live in a 24 hour news cycle environment. It's, they're, they're they're desperate for content and this mm -hmm. is the kind of content where they just they just want something to air and mm -hmm. so they're airing it <laughs> well, and you know i don't know if we're going to hear about it again because it's done so we don't have to worry about that but we do have to get to the stories tonight well let's just before we move on you know i know we all often do call outs to the to the listeners and most often 99 percent of the time they go unanswered 
uh, you know, they don't, the, the, the listeners don't come back with us with what we asked for when we give them homework, but that's okay. I wouldn't do it either. But uh, what I would like to ask is that anybody who has a f- really weird, strange, crazy story about this McDonald's to call in, you know, go to the, the website, nighttimepodcast.com and leave a voicemail yeah. and uh, give us a, a great story about this McDonald's to justify this attention mm. and justify us spending time on it. Yeah, that would be interesting to see if it is just a bunch of, uh, if it's a false flag. Um, but like I said, we got to get into it here. Now, that story we just heard about McDonald's uh, closing in Ottawa, it did mention Ottawa being the city that fun forgot. Did you catch that? I did catch that. And so I felt bad for Ottawa when I heard that. I felt bad for Ottawa, but I don't know if I was going to think of the city that fun forgot, I would maybe think of the province that fun forgot being Saskatchewan. I don't know of anything uh, notable or unique or fascinating in any way about Saskatchewan. Can you tell me one interesting or or exciting fact about Saskatchewan that's going to get me clapping? Uh, 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 I think if Saskatchewan was trying to prevent being known as the province that fun forgot, perhaps the city of Regina didn't want to be known as the city that fun forgot. Uh, Regina has taken on rebranding themselves to Canadians in a way that when I told people about what's happening in Regina and their way of marketing themselves, I've told this story to two separate people, both who accused me of making this up, saying this can't be true. In essence, we'll get into the story, but in essence, Regina in a new campaign to reinvent their tourism industry, they have been leaning on the connection between the word Regina in the female sex organ. Here's what's going on. They say there's no such thing as bad publicity, an adage which is being put to the test by a newly rebranded version of Tourism Regina. Last week, the group announced it's now called Experience Regina. But as Stephanie Davis explains, some of the slogans associated with the launch aren't sitting well with residents. posted on YouTube in 2008 is the inspiration behind new official branding for Regina. Regina. Last week, Tourism Regina became Experience Regina, stemming from the 15-year-old song that raked in almost 700,000 YouTube views and attention from late-night talk show host Jimmy Fallon. But along with a new name came new slogans. Show us your Regina and the city that rhymes with fun. The slogans have prompted reaction from social media users, some saying they're in good fun, while some say they're misogynistic. Is this really how the city wants to present itself? One social studies professor says the slogans sexualize women, which can be harmful. It's toxic. And Saskatchewan and Regina have among the highest rates of violence against women in this country. It's, it's unconscionable that we, had, we would actually consider this fun. The campaign is also getting mixed reaction in the marketing industry. One expert says it was worth the risk. Adding any publicity is good publicity. We are in Saskatchewan 
and let's let's face it, we're not people's first choice for destination visit. I think to get the name out there is is pretty pretty fantastic. For others, adopting Experience Regina was a smart move, but the slogans may have missed the mark. The tricky part is now it's it's associated with some of these other negative emotions. And normally in branding, you want to just focus on the positive emotions and eliciting those positive feelings. Experience Regina did not return CTV's requests for an interview. In a social media post on Sunday, CEO Tim Reed said it was clear that we fell short of what is expected from our amazing community. We apologize. It's unclear if the campaign will be readjusted going forward. Now, I've seen like marketing missteps. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen something that screams like, I don't know, just bad idea as loudly and as clearly as using your town rhyming with vagina as like how you want to present yourself publicly. Imagine, like, how do you explain that to anyone? Well, the problem is, I mean, okay, I don't know how to say this, but like, I'm just trying to like gather my thoughts on this and organize them and project them and communicate them in a way that is clear and uh, that <laughs> isn't a jumbled sexual mess. I don't, I don't know. Regardless of how you interpret the advertising marketing campaign, uh, it's a bad idea for sure. It's not a good idea. It's not going to create any long-term benefits to the city. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I feel, I feel like it is in good fun, like that it, that it is, a, it is kind of uh tongue in cheek um, for lack of a better term. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't find it offensive. Like it's not making fun of vaginas. Here's how I would sum it up. I would say like this clearly without knowing who was involved in the decision and who approved it. I can't imagine any other explanation except that the team who came up with this idea and got it to the point that it was announced publicly is made up of like four or five like beer drinking, hockey loving guys. I don't imagine there was a woman in the in the room when they came up with this and approved it. Uh, I don't know about that because really? I yeah, like I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I wouldn't assume that I would. I, bad ideas can come from from any anyone <laughs> not just the not just the the beer chugging you know hawaiian shirt wearing uh idiot men you know i don't know <laughs> it could it could be it I, I, see yeah. this decision this decision is not this is not just like this ad company or, or it's a division of or they're connected to the government yeah, it's it's a division of the like the city. Yeah, like government the city's like the it's a part of the city government, um, and so this idea would have been presented, and it would have the decision would have been made at the highest level of of the the city government. So yeah. the go ahead would have been like, okay, we love the campaign, we think it's edgy, we think it's interesting, we think it's going to garner a lot of attention. Like it's really it goes it it's not the ad company that is the issue it's the final judgment mm. you really it goes to the mayor like yeah, the mayor well, would have had to have seen this before this got approved before this got the go ahead the mayor would have been the final decision on this yeah and there is a lot of discussion about what the mayor and what city council knew and their story is that they approved the rebranding from tourism regina 
into experience Regina, but within that, that pitch uh, for funding and all this stuff, they didn't see the slogans or they weren't presented with the slogans, the city that rhymes with fun um, or uh, show us your Regina. They didn't see that. They just saw the experience Regina branding according to them. But even that is silly because experience Regina comes from this weird YouTube song that is like so bad. It's good called experience Regina that we heard during that. Uh, oh yeah. We were dancing to it. You and I, yeah, I don't think the viewing audience saw or was getting down. No, experience Regina. We were trying to experience Regina in, in, in our own homes. Yeah. Um, there's a joke which in there is, somewhere. Which is a good place to experience vagina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Okay, yeah. We It's hard to talk about this one without coming off as a complete idiot ourselves. So it's, mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of... It's kind of a hard uh, lawn to mow around. So let's... Um... Oh, man. Oh, sorry. It... Edit that out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, move to something light. This is a this story hits 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 me in a special way because you know I just got back from Florida in the United States a couple of weeks ago. I had rented a car when I was there, so I was driving with um, slightly different style signs and different road stuff happening. Uh, it seems like, and I had a bit of confusion when I was over there, but that goes both ways. Here's the story of an American. Uh, trying to drive in Canada and finding themselves in hot water. Well, cops will tell you when it comes to speeders, they've heard all the excuses in the book. The most popular is the driver has to use a bathroom. This one on the weekend was quite unique. The laser radar gun read 142 in an 80 kilometer an hour zone when OPP Constable Kevin West had clocked him Sunday afternoon. I pulled over that, uh, that vehicle and had words with the driver and uh, advised them uh, that the vehicle was going to be impounded and that their license was going to be also suspended. It happened on Highway 420 and Drummond Road in Niagara Falls, a 10-minute drive from the U.S. border. A 62 over in that particular area, that's not, no, that's not typical. The American driver was heading home and told the police officer it was all a big misunderstanding. Well, the driver indicated to me that uh, they didn't realize uh, because they were still utilizing uh, their speedometer in miles per hour. And so they indicated they didn't realize uh, that it was uh, a kilometers uh, sign and not miles. In Constable Westhead's 11 years with the OPP, he's heard it all and was not buying the excuse. It's not necessarily that they were making it up. I think that was just the quickest excuse they could come up with at the time. But the reality is, though, when you're passing pretty much every vehicle on the road, at some point, you've probably got to take a moment to, to question, why is it that I'm the fastest one out here and everybody else is moving so much slower? The 52-year-old American had his license suspended and the vehicle impounded and faces a possible $10,000 fine for stunt driving. It's a very serious offense. It has very serious uh, consequences, but that's also because of the the potential consequences that motorists face with these, uh, you know, selfish drivers that are just uh, going at these extreme speeds and potentially putting others at risk as well as themselves. 62k over in the posted 80 limit, the officer points out, is still 90 miles an hour. So the driver still has to go to court, but he's already had his license suspended for 30 days. His car impounded for two weeks. I don't know if you caught that at the end, but they kind of breeze over the fact that 
the driver's defense is I thought it was miles, not kilometers. But what the cop mm. says, even if you calculate it in miles, he was 10 He's miles an speeding. hour over. Uh, <laughs> He's still do, speeding. Do you think this is an honest case of uh, mistaken uh, measure of speed or was it just an excuse? No, I don't think you can find a sane individual on the planet that would think this was just a just a you know Oops. mistaken uh kilometer versus miles no, situation whether i don't know if it's a male or female but the driver was going basically double almost double the speed limit he they would have been blowing by any other cars there's no way they weren't just in a hurry to get home and laying on it yeah you can tell when you're going you can feel it as a driver. If you're on like a Canadian divided highway where the speed limit's all off in 110 kilometers an hour, if you're going 125, you're you're passing almost every vehicle that you approach. If you were going 165, you would just be weaving in and out. Nobody would be keeping up with you. There's no way this person knew. No, and, and, no. And I think it's it's so obvious that the cop who pulled them over even had the confidence to go on the news and basically make fun of them. I mean... Uh, congrats to the person for trying, you know, once you gotta they, say something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to throw this out there and, and, and who knows, maybe that maybe the cop will, will be an, it just as big of an idiot as I am. So <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's clearly just, they were stunting. They got caught. They made a dumb lie, tried to get away with it. It clearly failed. And now they had their license taken away or whatever happened to him uh, and, and that would be like that punishment of having your license taken away or your car impounded and stuff i think that would add extra inconvenience when you're an american and this happens in canada it's like my my car is at like a tow yard in canada yeah i wonder how many kilometers an hour this individual is walking right now <laughs> uh yeah good way to end it now that driver when they were pulled over i think they were being dishonest i will say that uh, but we're going to talk about the premier of Ontario who um, had a questionable haircut. He probably could have come up with an excuse for why his haircut is so different than what people are used to seeing him, uh, the style of hairdo people are used to seeing him wear. But I think he's honest. Listen to what Ford said to the press when questioned during a press conference last week about why his hair is so short and different than it usually appears. Here's how I think I think he's being painfully honest. Listen to this. See, he got it. See, every guy out there understands this. So you go into the barber, and I went down south for a few days, so I go into Walmart. I'm a cheap son of a gun. So I see the, you know, $15 haircut or whatever. I walk in there and you know, I said, I, I just want a trim, just a little, little trim. And every guy knows what number they are. Number one, the lower you get, the more they take off their hair. So I'm about a number four. It's just, you know, a little bit of a trim. So I sit down in the chair. This guy grabs my hair like this and starts shaking. I'm thinking, you know, the problem was, Colin, he didn't speak English and I didn't speak Spanish. So all of a sudden he pulls out the shaver and zoom right across the thing. He must have used not even a one, a zero. And I said, senor, like, look at, look what you did. One side's full, one side's not. So then I had to get the other side done and needless to say it cost me $26. I've never paid $26 for a haircut in my life and I had to give the guy a $10 haircut but anyway he went right down to the concrete as you can see there. It's, 
I'll tell you, I, I, I've never experienced anything in my life. It's the shortest haircut I've ever had. Well, as the kids would say, the haircut slaps. Oh, man. All it's right, going to take till August to grow this thing back. The right. grass doesn't grow on a busy street. Okay, go ahead. I don't think he looked that bad, but I can't help but laugh because remember before him a while ago, his brother was mayor. We used to call mm -hmm. I, I used to call his brother Mayor Farley because he kind of looked like Chris Farley. But then he got caught like smoking meth in this video and all this other stuff. And then he ended up just kind of like dying suddenly. It's like a weird story there in Toronto with the Ford family. So are you saying this is a conspiracy? The reason his hair has been butchered like this? No, I think um, I, th I think it's like, wh why did it have to get addressed? Just another drop in the bucket and weird Ford family uh, incidents and politics. Have you ever had an awful haircut or have you ever had them accidentally sh shave it too short? I know exactly what he's talking about. My hair, I cut it. I cut mine myself because I don't have a ton of it. But I usually do like a three on the side for the buzzer and then like a five over the top. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that's I usually... go much shorter than that. I, I get a two on the top and a one on the sides. Oh, I'll try that next and see how what happens. Well, and you're maybe seeing some... it in front of you right now. This is how it looks. It looks damn good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Ford's I, so jealous. <laughs> but I often think like it, maybe more so when I had a full head of hair, if anyone ever put buzzers near my hair, I'd be like, oh, my God, don't screw up and like shave a bald spot or something. And I guess but this the thing is, he should have just he should have just gotten rid of it all. If he was so dissatisfied with his haircut, like just shave it all off then, man, start from the ground up and, and then grow it back the way you want it. Like you can he could rock a, a bald head. Like, what's the matter with him? Yeah. Good point. Grow up, well, Premier Ford. Yeah, uh, whatever. Premier just, Ford. Just, it doesn't look that bad. He's just being a goof, and he's—I don't know. Yeah. And not there's not much it. else to say about that. Shave your head bald and become the true evil villain that you've always wanted to be. <sighs> Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you to the episode like this, but with spring just around the corner, I thought it would be a great time to remind you about the Nighttime Podcasts merchandise store, which has an assortment of t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and a bunch of other stuff. There are many different designs available based on Nighttime Podcast episodes and series, and everything comes in a variety of fits and colors. You can visit the store by clicking the link at nighttimepodcast.com. Oh, and I'm forgetting the reason I'm even reminding you about this. The manufacturers of Nighttime's Apparel have offered Nighttime Podcast listeners 30% off between the dates of March 31st and April 2nd. To get the 30% off, you just have to use coupon code NIGHT when you're in the checkout. So again, visit the Nighttime Podcast store, which is found at nighttimepodcast.com, between March 31st and April 2nd, and use coupon code NIGHT for 30% off. Now let's get back to the episode. This next story that we're going to get into could be the work of an evil villain. I don't know what's going on because this is quite simply a mystery, an uber mystery in more ways than one. Uh, do you use like Uber Eats and Uber Delivery? And... That's so funny you mentioned that because I used Uber Eats for the first time on the weekend when I was up in Halifax. Oh, and you that ramen. Some, I got ramen ordered to... To your mom's house. Uh, I just got to tell you, though, um, I went in after you left my mom's house. Yeah. And there was just one issue is you left uh, a bunch of like ramen packaging on the counter. 
please don't give me a uh, anything below a five star rating. <laughs> Um, your Airbnb profile is going to be shot after no, that. No, please don't. I no, can't. it's all right. I, I picked it up. I carried it out of the house. It was a pain in the... I got it dealt with. But anyway, to, did you have any notable experience with ordering Uber Eats? Did anything weird happen? No, no. It just... I, I ordered it. It showed up. It Everything went smooth. Okay. Well, let me tell you about a mystery that surrounds Uber Eats that doesn't seem to be going smooth. I don't think, I don't know what's happening here. Hopefully you can figure this out. I had two delivery drivers show up at the same time at my home with, with mitts full of bags. Look no further than Jennifer Hughes's front gate to see her food delivery dilemma. We've received about 30 deliveries in kind of the course of a week. Here's just a few of them. Fast food ordered through the Uber Eats app, but not by Hughes. All of it has someone else's name written on it. On kind of our community Facebook group, I was like, what is happening? Is anybody else dealing with this? Turns out lots of people in this New Westminster neighborhood have been getting unwanted food drop-offs for the last two weeks. Some orders are supersized, like 10 bags of McDonald's. Others are small, like a single order of gravy. None of the receipts have contact information for whoever's making the orders. Hughes has tried calling Uber Eats for answers, but can't get through to anyone. She also called the police, but they too were puzzled. They said that sometimes stolen credit cards can be used to uh, test if they are still active, and that's what people are doing, but it didn't seem to make any sense because it was fairly consistent. Residents say the worst of it happened on Thursday with a constant flow of delivery drivers. There was a lineup down the street in front of our house. I just sat on my porch and talked to the drivers as they were as they were dropping them off. And uh, yeah, I think I think we got six deliveries in about half an hour. Unwanted food orders are also being delivered to a neighborhood in Los Angeles. According to the LA Times, Uber has taken action against multiple accounts there, and it appears the company is doing the same here in New Westminster. In a statement to Global News, an Uber spokesperson says we have banned accounts related to recent orders and will not hesitate to take additional action if the unsolicited orders continue. Uber has a dedicated public safety team that is standing by to work with police. It's kind of amusing and something to talk about on day one. If it goes on for months, it's, it's awful and it's a huge waste of food. Whether it's someone's idea of a prank or something more sinister, residents say they're fed up so it's a mystery but i just got to say if all of a sudden all these packages of you know thai food chinese food mcdonald's are showing up on my door the last thing i'm going to do is call the police about it i'm going to eat it exactly i'm just going to take it in and put some in my fridge offer some to my neighbors i'm going to say this crazy thing is happening but if you're getting so much of it that because some of these orders are quite large you know they're there are bags and bags of mcdonald's like who's if 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 that was happening to you or I, and we kept eating all the food that showed up, we'd be in, in an early grave. This is actually, this person made an enemy somewhere. Somewhere along the road of life, they made an enemy. Mm -hmm. And this person is trying to slowly poison this person to death mm -hmm. through cholesterol. <laughs> that, that could be it. it it's an expensive yeah. way to kill someone, but... But hey, it's hard to it, it's hard to go to jail over that. Yeah, I mean, especially right. if you're willingly eating the food, which they're not, so it's not working. But 
And um, I guess if it did go to court, you would have to prove intent. How would you prove like I wanted him to slowly die from yeah, cholesterol? Exactly. Exactly. And and it also explains why this person called the police over this issue. You know, Uber Eats orders are showing up all the time. It explains why they're not eating it because they know that they know who the person is that's trying to trying to kill them slowly. Mm. Huh. Um, this reminds me of a story of something that's happened to a friend of mine. I, I don't know if it's still happening, but uh, a friend of mine in Halifax had this situation where he started getting packages in the mail uh, from China. Um, and they were just random things like, like fasteners or a little piece of like a, a plastic screw or like a random kitchen utensil, like all small little packages. And it, it was to the point where he would get like, you know, in, in one day he'd get like four pieces of mail and it would be four separate envelopes with all like Chinese return addresses and stuff. Um, and he, he wouldn't even be able to identify anything that were in these packages. They were just small little random plastic things. Uh, and he traced it back to the orders coming from Ally Express, which is like kind of like mm -hmm. the Chinese version of eBay. And he went to the point, he went to the point of contacting them to say like, I'm getting just like relentlessly getting packages, um, from your company and they ended i think they did some kind of investigation but what they had told him was that that what they think it is is there's this kind of like scam that sellers will do on that website which again is like a chinese version of ebay where i guess the the how high your listing shows up in people's searches is based on like how many uh, positive reviews you've had and how many like successful deliveries and shipments and orders you had and stuff. So what they'll do is if they're selling something cheap, they will just send a whole bunch of them to random places and give themselves like fake positive reviews. So it looks like they've had a bunch of successful orders. And uh, for some reason, they chose his address as the one to just randomly send this crap to is at least what they think. But I don't think that's what's going on in this case. I think no, uh, what the news reporter. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What the news reporter speculated is that it had to do with like possibly testing stolen credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. But to the same address every time doesn't make sense because then it starts drawing attention to the transactions. Yeah, the, why would you do? I would be curious if the person who lives at this address, do they use Uber Eats? Because maybe like there's some weird glitch within Uber's system and orders are just going to this house instead of where they should be. But yeah, if you were going to test a whole bunch of stolen credit cards, why would you? Why would you use the same address? And also, like it's not like the old prank where you order, you know. 20 pizzas to somebody's apartments and then they're they're forced to pay for it or whatever mm -hmm. the case is like there's no real punishment for the person receiving these orders other than these small annoyance of dealing with mm -hmm. the food after it arrives but mm -hmm. they're not uber handles the cash transaction on the app so the the person's not being forced to pay for this food yeah, well, the, the, if it's a stolen credit card thing, these charges are being put on the stolen credit cards, if that's what it was. But you think there'd be a different way to test if a credit card's valid rather than going on Uber yeah, Eats and, and again, buying you'd stuff? Use, yeah, and you'd use different addresses every time so that it wasn't suspicious. <sighs> yes, that's a weird it's, one, right? There's something going on similar to like what you're... Like there's but, some kind of a scam going on here. Why they're using the same address, I don't know. But there is something 
going on. My thought is there's some scam going on that no one can quite put their finger on yet, or there's some kind of air. I'm just going to talk this out. Maybe there's some air in like Uber system where if you put an invalid address or something, it doesn't know what to do. And for some reason it just falls on this as the default or something like that. Yeah. Like who knows, like a IT person maybe could better explain what could be happening, but I, it just seems weird. But like they said in that news report, there are similar stories of this happening in Los Angeles as well with this one specific home, which is, yeah, it's, it's odd, but it's, it's a shame that it's a bunch of wasted food. It's uh, too bad they couldn't pick like, if, if you're going to do something like this, listener with the stolen credit cards, choose like a homeless shelter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some, get some miles out of it and feed some people who could really use the food. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. It's it's this thing we we really can't even guess at this point in time what's going on with this. No, um, it's. I think this comes from the movie Spinal Tap, but they say some mysteries are better left unsolved. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to be an example of that. Yeah. Uh, well, Aaron, I think we've done the job here. I think we found some weird Canadian stories. Uh, we met. The conditions of our mandate, everything we've agreed to do, I think we've done tonight. Is there anything else you want to say or get into before we um, send the report to the government? Uh, I would like to just thank Trudeau for the opportunity that has been given to us. And we will keep it secret. We're not going to tell uh, anyone but our listeners about this. So we, we will continue to operate underneath the law and above the law of Canada as a uh, we clandestine and organized clandestine is the word. I think we should be. That using is. It. Yeah. Clandestine. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be weaving in and out of, of the fabric of Canada, uh, searching out and investigating the strange and the offbeat and uh, bringing our information and our reports back to Justin Trudeau in his own personal bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, where we'll be doing PowerPoint presentations and uh, eating macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Let's just be clear as well. We I think we clarified this last week, but we don't work for Trudeau. We work for the people Trudeau works for, the government behind the government. So this isn't the kind of thing where we're saying, you know, vote for Trudeau so this so we can continue to do the work we do. Can regardless of what happens in the next election, what we're doing yeah. is separate and we answer to the same people. Trudeau just to. happens to be the prime minister now and we do we do give him the reports in his own personal He gets uh, a copy a bedroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. He's in the shower usually just listening from the other from the bathroom while mm-hmm. we're in the bedroom giving the report mm-hmm. yeah uh so anyway all right well aaron until next time jordan until next time uh show us your I vagina i was saving those ramen dishes for when i come back and i was going to reuse them i want to thank you for helping aaron and i fulfill our mandate to keep canada weird but Let us again call out to you for even greater support in this mystery. If something weird or unusual happens in your part of the country, please let us know by sending a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com. We love hearing from you. Now, before we part, let me give thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. 
A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Robin, Rachel, and Maggie, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, if you want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and please help keep Canada weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. in the downtown area. It's a highly livable city that...